Beware the power of distraction. We're talking about arising and building. Look at me, look at me, look at me. <laughs> distraction is one of the enemy's biggest strategies. When it comes to your course, the road you're going, when it comes to rescue, restore, rebuilding, when it comes to the building of what God has ahead for you then the rebuilding of whatever the devil has tried to pull down, the enemy will tr always try to get our eye off the prize and get us distracted. So many things are distracting, problems, attacks, challenges, comparing yourself with other people. Uh, look, I could go on and on. So many different things try to get our attention. And so I wonder what it is that's been distracting you right now. I've only been speaking two minutes and some people probably already distracted. It's, it's a deal. When I was at school, I was not the best at concentrating. As a matter of fact, as I got older, in fact, while I've been pastoring here, we once got like a psychologist, but he was consulting our team and talking about team dynamics. Came in and he talked to me and he said, Brian, if you were a child today, you would have been uh, diagnosed ADHD. I'm like, wow, well, there's a surprise. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't concentrate at school. He says, but now we call that an entrepreneur. So I took that as a compliment. I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm a pastor. But I took that as a compliment. In other words, just because you didn't listen in school doesn't mean that you're not gonna go somewhere in life. And so, hey, all I know is distraction is a tool of the enemy. Nehemiah. Nehemiah is an Old Testament builder. He rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. God spoke it into his life. And even while he was away from Jerusalem, while he was still in captivity, he got a revelation that God wanted him to restore and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. They, of course, were ruins, just smouldering embers. The gates were burned. The walls were destroyed. He had the challenge of rebuilding. But the enemy, his enemy then, there were people like Sambalat, uh, the Ammonites, Tobiah, they were very vocal, very, very vocal. They were full of threats, full of intimidation, full of accusation, full of allegation, full of all sorts of things and constantly tried to distract Nehemiah from building the wall. Beware the devil distracting you from what God has for you in life. Consuming your energy, getting your mind onto other things, focusing all your attention on everything except the building of what God's called you to. No doubt about it to me. Just like Nehemiah, the enemy tried to distract him and the devil still works that way today, trying to get your eyes off the things that really matter onto the things that are trying to consume you. So by way of reminder, Nehemiah, while he was still not yet in Jerusalem, number one, what did he do? He prayed. Number two, he reminded himself of the purposes and promises of God. And number three, he repented. He did his heart work. And then number four, he believed God and trusted God for success. God never called anybody to be a failure. Not anybody. He believed for success in the rebuilding of the wall. And number five, he got messages of authority from the king, the Persian king in Babylon for the rebuilding of the wall. He had authority. 
And as I've been saying, this is our letter of authority. Yes, it is. It's our letter of authority. It's our letter from the King of Kings that shows us the authority we have as believers in Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's alive. <laughs> and so then once he got there, now in Jerusalem, number six, he inspects the ruins so that he could count the cost and know what was needed ahead. And then number seven, he gathered a whole lot of other builders around him. That's fellowship, that's community. Like-spirited people committed to building God's purposes, committed to seeing God working in their lives, taking them on to all that He has prepared for them, whether it's in their career, in their family, their home, their anywhere. Hey, listen to me, let's build around other builders in Jesus' Name. And then number eight, He was courageous. I like to call it gutsy. He was gutsy. I like that. He was gutsy, courageous, determined and immovable. And so today, number nine, what did Nehemiah do? He focused on building. Listen carefully. He refused to be distracted. He refused to be distracted. Listen to these verses. Proverbs 4 verse 25 says, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Listen, do not turn to the right or to the left. Don't get distracted. Remove your foot from evil. And then 2 Kings 22 verse two, it's Josiah the king. It says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. Listen, he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. So the word of the Lord for Nehemiah was the same. Focus on building. Don't get distracted. Don't turn to the left or to the right. I know how easy it is to become distracted. I know how easy it is for other things to consume you. And all of a sudden the vision is left unattended. All of a sudden, what God birthed in your spirit was a fire in your belly, that dream, that vision, whatever, that goal, whatever it is, it was burning down here. And the fire starts going out, why? Because we start looking to the left. Or we start looking to the right. Put your left foot in, put your left foot out, put your right foot in, and turn it all about. Do the hokey pokey, do 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 do. That's what it's all about. Ah, oh, yeah, that was free. That was absolutely free. You could go to an ordinary church. It won't be as much fun. <laughs> Put your left foot in, put your left foot out, put your right, and turn it all about. That's what it's all about. Whoa! So all sorts of things tried to distract Nehemiah. These enemies, they tried intimidation. They tried discouragement. They tried accusation. They tried slander. They tried plotting against them as downfall. They tried sowing discord. They tried all sorts of things to distract them. And one particular example, I'm gonna read it, is Nehemiah chapter five, verse two. And so these enemies, Sam, Balak and Geshem, sent to me saying, 
Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So this is Nehemiah speaking. And these enemies, they're trying to get him to come down from the wall to the plain of Ono because they were talking of a meeting there, but it goes on. I sent them messengers saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times, but I answered them in the same manner. See, this is the whole thing. It's not just one distraction one time. They tried four times to get him off the vision and off the rebuilding of the wall and to come down to their level and to do their meetings. As Nehemiah said, they wanted to do him harm. But I love his resilience. He said, I will not cease the work. I'm not gonna get distracted. I'm not gonna look to the left and I'm not gonna look to the right. I am going to keep my focus on the rebuilding of this wall. This is what God's called me to do and I'm going to do it stone by stone, part by part, next to this one, next to that one, next to another one, next to this one. We are building the wall. We are building God's purpose. We are building the promise of God. Oh, that we have that kind of resolve. Because there are so many competing voices. So many things that we love to distract us and get us off mission. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know by my experience, even while I'm preparing this message yesterday, and I had all sorts of things in the background trying to distract me. Have an answer, stupid, dumb questions from, well, stupid, dumb media. Don't tell anyone I said that. But I mean, they are, they were stupid questions. Stupid questions and uh, all sorts of things that the devil just tries to use. I have a commitment. Every time we gather together as a church, I rise above whatever the distraction and I believe for the presence of God in our meetings and we worship and we preach faith and we keep our eye on the vision and we keep going. <laughs> Hashtag, I love my Hillsong Church. Yeah, I feel better. Testing, testing. <laughs> so, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, be sober. That's good advice, especially on a Sunday morning. Hey, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know what, church? This is our, this is our commitment. He may not. He's seeking whom he may devour. He may not. In the Name of Jesus, don't get distracted. The enemy, like a roaring lion, seeking if he can find a chink there, thinking maybe he can devour your dream, devour your vision, devour what God's put in your spirit. He may not. <laughs> Didn't mean to shout. I did actually. <laughs> oh, I love shouting. It's incredible. I love the way spit just spews over the front row. It's, it's like a shower of blessing. It just, like you guys just sit here down close because you know the shower of blessing is coming your way. Amen. It's pretty powerful when you think about it, isn't it? It's pretty powerful. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna behave. 
All right, I'm going to reset. Put the left foot in. Put the, I'm trying to stop it. Put the left, I'm trying to stop it. Forget all about do the hooky. I'm trying to stop it. Do, do, do. That's what it's all about. I'll put the left foot in, put the left foot out. Do the hokey pokey. I promise you, I'm perfectly normal. I'm perfectly sane. I've not imbibed anything. And God is on the throne. Amen. <laughs> but I have had a bit of experience in getting distracted. And I know how easy it is. I mean, the devil tries all sorts of things. He'll try to use problems. And the problem-free world doesn't exist. And a problem-free life doesn't exist. I mean, it would be lovely, but moving to the country won't solve all your problems. Problems are a part of life. My problems, your problems, they're different problems. But you're not gonna go all the way through life without any problems. Maybe you've got to pay the rent by the 15th. It might be a problem. Maybe you support the West Tigers. That's a problem. <laughs> he just kept focusing on building. And so listen, he refused to come down from the work. And to build anything of significance, it takes time. It really does. It takes decades, decades of building your life and building God's purposes and promise in your life. It's 37 years so far seeing this church building into all God called it to be. And we've got a long way to go yet. And the devil, he'll try to use problems. He'll try and use attacks, like great exocet missiles. They come at great velocity often. And often the way the devil attacks, like you didn't even see it coming. It comes from nowhere. And uh, it's like shock and awe. Because he wants to rattle you, get you off course, get you distracted from God's purpose, God's promise in your life. People get distracted by carnality. Things like comparison. Really, things like comparison. I mean, when Jesus is walking with the disciples, they're walking along talking about which of them is the greatest. Comparison, do you think they had their eyes on Jesus right then? You think they had their eyes? And He's right there. And amazingly, even at the Last Supper, even right before Jesus died, they're still asking themselves, who is the greatest? Right when Jesus said one of them would betray Him, they're asking who is the greatest? <laughs> and that's it. Like, if you're comparing, if you're comparing, she's prettier than me, I'm prettier than her. He's handsomer than me, fat chance. Hey. <laughs> hey, honestly, it, it's, it's human nature. Yeah. Yeah. The Apostle Paul says, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves because those who measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the sphere, God has appointed us. Listen, comparison, you're wasting your breath, you're wasting your time. God's hand is on your life. He loves you, He created you, He fills you with the Holy Spirit. You're a child of God. Focus on the building. Jealousy, envy, strife, it's all carnality. 
And then agendas. The latest fad, your pet doctrine. You know, the latest and greatest doctrine. But you're getting your eyes off the building. <laughs> Conspiracy theorists. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of things that become agendas. People, they, get, they pick up someone else's offence and hurt. And it's not even their own offence and hurt. And it distracts them. Multitudes of things uh, distract people. And so relational difficulties. You know, there's a friendship going South Pole. It's consuming. Like it is, it's consuming. It occupies your attention. And obviously if you're in a heartbreak situation, well, even more so. It can consume you, I know, because before we got married, Bobby dumped me. Fact, it's a true story. The pastor told her I was second best. And to this day, I'm still wondering who was first best. And what's worse is so is Bobby. <laughs> hey, she did date, well, she didn't actually, but the guy in the bicycle store tried to, tried to date her. I always told her she would have been better with the guy in the bike shop. Anyway, she dumped me. I was devastated. Talk about distracted, talk about consumed. It's like life had ended. But you know, I mean. (laughs) How could you live without me? No, three months, three months, three months we were broken up. And then one time we had a talk and it's like, no, I I really miss you. And it's like, I went to see the pastor. I went to see the pastor who said I was second best. And uh, I was so nervous talking to him. He was like the big pastor from the big church. And uh, I, my lips were quivering talking to him. And uh, they had also said, when you see a stop sign, what do you do when you get to a stop sign? So he said to me, when you get to a stop sign, you look both ways and you go. So I went. <laughs> 44 years later, I'm still winting. Yes, praise God. But it's a distraction. I'm getting distracted by the distractions now. I'm telling stories that aren't even in my message. I'm not even gonna get close to getting through my message if you keep distracting me. Listen to me. I'm serious though. The devil will try to use distraction from some of these things and many other things because he wants you to move back from the building and the rebuilding and to get diverted by all sorts of other things. So alternatives, comfort lifestyle, Lifestyle, lifestyle. It seems attractive, doesn't it? It's, uh, and then there's just situation. Whatever's going on in your world right now. I, I was telling the first service, over 25 years ago, Bobby and I lived in a suburb near here called Kings Langley. I'm sure there's people here who come from Kings Langley. It's kind of a local suburb. And when we were building some paving stones in a, or bricks in a, in a little uh, area, and so, as you do, you have gravel and you pack it down, you make sure all the stones are laid evenly. And I, got, I had all this gravel left over and I didn't know what to do with it. So I put it in my wheelie bin. Oh. Now, if you come from overseas, your trash can, if it has wheels, it actually is called a wheelie bin. Why? Because it's a bin with wheels. It's very simple. That's the way us Aussies are. We're very simple. And so... I decided to put all this gravel in my wheelie bin. And I left it out there for the council to collect. And when I got home, 
there was a notice pasted onto my bin saying, your bin is too heavy and telling me what I needed to do. And I was about to tell them what I thought they should do because it consumed me. How dare they tell me my wheelie, I pay rates. How dare they tell me my bin is too heavy. Now I already raised, don't have to judge me. I already know I was in the wrong. And so no judging here. This is a judgment free zone. And so, but I couldn't believe how worked up I got. In my mind, I was writing the most wonderful articulate letters to the City Council about my wheelie bin. How many people know that sometimes we need to forget the small things and not get distracted? How could a wheelie bin consume my energy and time like that? It's ridiculous. You're a quiet crowd. I always start so confident, but you get me nervous. I'm, I'm actually starting to get nervous. Does anyone believe that? Nah. I love you though. I respect you. Absolute truth. You know what one of the most distracting things is in life? It's your phone. It's social media. The world's getting angrier and angrier. The sides are getting more and more hostile whether it's politics, whether it's some other area, it's just getting angrier and angrier. And you get yourself into that and you start responding to somebody and you know, it's, just, it's just distracting you. Listen, why don't we decide that we control our phone, it does not control us. <laughs> really, because the devil uses it to get your eye off the building. We're together here, we're a church and we are committed to building the Kingdom of God, to see the Lord build His church, to see things go forward. So whatever the distractions, let's quit them. Let's leave them behind. Uh, it's uh, in the middle of a pandemic. It's so critical that we keep our eye on Jesus. Keep our eye on what it's all about. Keep the main thing the main thing. How are you going in the city? You good? Hope you are. You people have got a much better sense of humour than these people. So, yeah. How are you going in Melbourne? Excited about being there tonight. Looking forward to it. I'm going to preach my heart out. Oh, they're not even here. It's a waste of time, I remember. <laughs> because I'm preaching this message down there tonight in Melbourne and praying in Kent and Rose Medwin and praying out Tim and Nicola Douglas. So, and we're going to have a hot night here at Hills. They'll tell you locally what's happening in your location, but here at Hills, we're having a revival night. The power of God will be here. Nathaniel Wood's preaching the Word. He's all fired up, ready to go. It'll be incredible. If you haven't registered, register now. And if, if it's too late, well, there's ways in. Just, just tell them who you know. You know, I mean, just tell them you know Robert Ferguson. Tell them Robert Ferguson wanted to catch up with you tonight. I mean, there's always a way, isn't there? There's always a way. And Robert will take you home for supper. He's really good like that. Honestly, he will. He'll drive you too, and he'll drive you back to your place when supper's over. He's just really generous like that. You'd think I was jet lagged today, wouldn't you, Robert? Yeah. This is normally jet lagged, Brian, but unfortunately, I haven't been on a jet, so. There is no excuse. 
<laughs> I just noticed my notes are still on page one. <laughs> well, look, I'm going to move ahead. <laughs> problems. Problems, problems, problems. I mentioned them. The devil will try to use problems. And I already said the problem-free life doesn't exist. I've often watched a guy on a tractor or a ride-on mower who for a job is just mowing lawns. And I think, gee, that would be so good. Smell of fresh grass, summer, that spring smell of fresh grass, just going up and down or maybe a nice little pattern with your ride-on mower. Wouldn't it be awesome? Your biggest problem is do I need to empty my catcher on this lap or can I wait till the next lap? I mean, that's your big, big problem right there. I think, man, I'd love a job like that. How long do you think I'd last? Three minutes? Four minutes? <laughs> no, I, I actually would kind of like, like it, but it's calling. It's purpose. It's, it's us doing what God's called us to do. And problems come with the territory of building. And listen to me, the more impact you're having, the greater the challenges. The more impact, the more the challenges that will come against you. Why? Because the devil hates to see the Kingdom of God advancing. If the Kingdom of God is going forward, then the Kingdom of darkness is slipping backwards. If the Kingdom of God is gaining territory, then the devil's losing territory and he hates losing territory. And so if you, if you uh, are having an impact, if you're a giver, if you're a giver, you love to give, you love to tithe, you love to honour God, you're having an impact. And don't be surprised if problems come, but greater is He that's in you than he that is in the world. Thank God that we're faithful, but our God is ever faithful, that our faithfulness falls far short of His faithfulness. You can trust Him with your very life. Yes, you can, with your very life. Having problems is not the problem. It's what we do with those problems. It's whether we let them distract us. And I know how easy it is because they can be so consuming. A problem is just an obstacle to overcome. And uh, by God's grace, we are overcomers. But distraction, what is it? What is it that's trying to get you off mission, off God's promise and purpose for your life? What is it? that is trying to consume all your energy, all your time. What is it? So often, in the eye of the storm, all we can see is the, is the waves. All we can see is what's working against us. Where am I here? Here I am. Fantastic, page three. <laughs> Problems, they take up your entire vision. In other words, you can't see anything else. You ever know what that's like? You just can't see beyond the problem. You wake up to it, you go to bed to it. You just, you just can't see beyond it. So what is it doing? It's distracting you. I've just realised there's people behind the screen and I can see this much of them. <laughs> How you doing there, good? Great, great, great. Show, give us a wave so everyone can see where you are. There they are. Fantastic. Well, I've got to say, this part of your faces is fantastic. So, yeah. Listen, they take up your entire field of vision. What else? They dominate your attention. 
they dominate your, your attention. In other words, they consume you. All your mental bandwidth can be consumed because you're just thinking problems. They consume your emotions. Rather than being inspired, you start getting filled with depression or anxiety or worry or, or all of those nasty, nasty things that try to rob us. Depression, maybe the nastiest of them all, trying to rob us. And so all your energy gets depleted. And you know, insomnia is a real thing. And David, he had one or two problems. He was King David. He had problems before he was king with a very jealous king trying to destroy him. And uh, he had plenty of problems after he was king. And yet, I think this was a faith statement. Listen to what he said in Psalm 4 verse 8. He said, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. I will. I just feel like he's talking faith into his own soul. I will lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Remember that. God alone can make us dwell in safety. Thank God for God. Thank God for His promise. Thank God for what He does in our lives to keep us and help us. Well, problems, they basically try to get you to come down from the work. That's what happened, remember, with Nehemiah. The enemies were calling him to come down. Come down, come down to the plain of oh no. Come on down, come down, we'll meet there. But he said, they meant to do me harm. So they were in the plain of Ono. And you know what jo, um, Jer- Nehemiah said? <laughs> I'm Joseph, Jeremiah, no. Nehemiah, you know what he said? When they asked him to come to the plain of Ono, he said, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. I'm staying up here. Because the enemy would love if you're not protecting the work it's vulnerable and open to attack. If you're not protecting your vision, if you're not protecting your relationship with Jesus, if you're not protecting those things that God has in store for you, well, you know, the work goes into ruins. If you're called to tend to a garden and you're ignoring the garden, guess what happens? The garden gets consumed with weeds. Weeds choke it, weeds take away from it. And that's what happens if we are not careful with problems. And so don't leave the door open. Problems, they evoke reaction. Rather than being proactive, we become reactionary and they lead to discouragement ultimately and thoughts of alternatives. Ultimately, this is what the devil wants to do. He wants you to down your tools from the building. He wanted Nehemiah. The hope was to see Nehemiah downing tools and to come down to that plain of Ono and uh, leaving the wall unfinished and unbuilt. Uh, We are a people who are not quitting easily. We are a people who have got our eye on the promise and purpose of God. We are a people who won't quit. We're not quitting easily, (laughs) hallelujah. Hey, and if you can't avoid problems, let's believe the Holy Spirit to give us the capacity to deal with them. I started a church called Hills Christian Life Centre with my wife, Bobby, when I was 29 years of age. If at 29 years of age, I had to face some of the, just the day-to-day things that relate to leading and building today, there's no way I had the capacity. It's had to grow. I've had to stretch. And God gives us that ability. The Holy Spirit can add capacity to you. If you get too easily stressed, 
If anxiety hits you too easily, let's believe God. He's gonna stretch your capacity and bring increase into your life because that way you can grow with whatever blessing God's bringing your way. Amen. So thank God. I'm gonna finish with this. I've got two minutes, 56. There was a, a storm. Jesus on a pillow, asleep in the boat, according to the message translation. The message for the disciples who were in the boat with Jesus was go to the other side. What happened? The waves blew up, the winds blew up and they lost sight of the other side. Every problem you have, if it's like a wave, waves hit you, they're turbulent, you sometimes go over it, you sometimes go under it, sometimes it tosses you all about, but it passes by. Now, often there's another one coming right behind it, but the reality is you get to the other side of a wave. And in life, rather than let your problems rule you and get caught up in the turbulence, remind yourself that waves, they pass by. There is the other side. Jesus told them, look at the other side. We're going to the other side. And you know what? Hey, the wind blew up and the wave, and you can't blame them. I mean, I don't think if I was on that little boat with Jesus asleep, that I would be too comfortable. And I love water and I love boats. But you don't blame them. But they lost sight of the other side. They even lost sight of Jesus. They were more aware of the power of the waves coming against them than the power of the Messiah who was with them. And so they saw the winds and the waves. Life's full of waves. And sometimes they do come in clusters. Hit one, bang, another one comes, bang, another one comes, bang. And they might roll you around a little bit, but they pass, they pass. This too shall pass. Tell yourself that this too shall pass. There's life beyond here. We're going to the other side. And the other side is the destiny, it's the journey, it's the promise, it's the power, it's the goodness of the living God in the land of the living. That's the other side. So in 54, 53 seconds, Mark 4, 35 to 38, late that day, He said to them, let's go across the other side. They took Him in the boat as He was, as He was, sorry, other boats came along. A huge storm came up, waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. And Jesus was in the stern, that's the back, head on a pillow sleeping. They roused Him saying, Teacher, is it nothing to you that we're going down? (laughs) Is it nothing to you that we're going down? You know what He called them in the message, in the message. He called them cowards. Now there's no cowards in Hillside. There's no, this is a coward free zone. No cowards here, no cowards online, no cowards in Hillside. So let's not be cowardly. Let's be bold in our faith. In the eye of the problem, stay bold in your faith. Hold on to God, hold on to God's promises. A coward, according to one definition, is a person who won't stand up for their rights. They won't take their authority. They won't take courage. Well, no cowards here. Come on. Look at the power of God on us. Look at the presence of Jesus. He's in the boat. He's in the boat. How cool. He's with you. I know there's people who the devil's really having a field day and trying to get you distracted from the path, the vision, the purpose, the promise, the building of God's purposes into your life. And uh, I'm going to believe God will give you the grace 
to remember this is the other side. Keep your eye on Jesus. Keep your eye on the other side because that's the victory. Victory in Jesus, my Saviour forever. He bought me and He took me with His redeeming love. Oh, I knew Him and all my life is to Him. He brought me to victory beneath His Da, da, da. I love the lyrics of that song. The lyrics are the best part. Really, the lyrics move me every single time. Well, I remember is it's victory in Jesus, my Saviour forever. He bought me and He brought me with His redeeming love. I can't remember. All I know is I'm not getting distracted. Well, I am right now, but I'm not in life. And I've got minus one minute 42 to go. Jesus said to them, don't you have any faith at all? Remember, He was on a pillow. Hey, I've got a great quote. It's from a phenomenal theologian, very, very prominent, world famous theologian. His name is the Reverend Dr. Lee Burns. And this is what he said, fear will keep you up all night, but faith makes one great pillow. <laughs> How good is that? How good is that? God's called you to build. Every problem has every challenge. I believe in Jesus' Name. You're going through it, you're going beyond it. Amen. Titty jokes said, titty jakes. <laughs> Sorry, Bishop. Sorry, Bishop. TD jakes said, you were called to go through the storm, not allow the storm to go through you. I like it. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. Let's stand all the way across church. Come on, let's stand. Give God the glory. Why don't we give Him a great praise offering? I wonder how many people across our entire church and online, I wonder how many people like, the enemy's trying everything to try to get your eye off the building of God's promise in your life distracted by problems, distracted by attacks, distracted by challenges uh, in the family, in your finances, and in, uh, you know, you're, you're literally maybe an attack against your own rep reputation and your own character. I mean, so many things vie to try to get us off course and get us distracted. If you wanna say, God, I am not gonna get distracted. I'm keeping my eye on the other side. I'm keeping my eye on Jesus. And distraction is trying to rob you right now. Just raise your hands. Raise them up high, raise them high. Amen. And Lord, you see the hands, many hands raised in this room. And I'm sure in every other room across our church. And Lord, I come against distraction. That weapon of the enemy will come to naught. Lord, help us to keep our eye on Jesus, to keep our eye on the author and the finisher of our faith, to keep our eye on Your promise, on Your goodness. Lord, in Jesus' Name, we are coming through. We're getting to the other side. Amen. Thank You, Lord. We're gonna reach Your promised destination in our lives. In Your precious Name, Jesus. Amen.